Welcome to the Broken Pie Podcast, episode 129. I'm your host, Derek Moore. And this week, we're going to be talking about a little more personal finance stuff. Uh, get into budgets. Are they useful, useless? Are they a waste of time? We actually do one. And then we're going to show the differences between the or the impact that waiting to invest or increase your investments can have on you. And then another hint too, um, and this goes to budgeting. You know, there's some very impactful things you can do to increase the amount of cash or you know your cash flow that's going into investments, and so we'll cover those. And look, I mean, the audience is all over the map in age. I know I see the numbers, or if you're, you know, Spotify specifically, they they give you a striation of the of the ages. Of course, you could be lying uh, about your age, but. So anyway, they, uh, you know, we'll have some stuff for those of you nearing retirement, starting to think about, can I retire? Um, a lot of people underestimate their expenses. So, and then finally, one of the things that uh, we'll have coming out is our own, you know, simulator where you can type in your age, your, your risk tolerance, your salary, how much you're putting towards investments, when you're going to take social security, all that stuff. And as you put the inputs in, it's going to change a graph. And so if you want to get a, a link to that, uh, it's a, I, I'm certainly able to, I can send that out to you uh, once we, we've got it up and loaded. It's coming out soon. But I, and so, so I'll, I'll put a caveat on it. Uh, if you send me an email, derek.more at zegafinancial.com, uh, go ahead and send me a, an email and let me know if you want the, uh, the simulator link. But if I send it to you, you got to give me some feedback on it, okay? That's, that's the agreement we're going to make. But I think it's, uh, it's going to be a really helpful tool. And a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about today is actually things that a tool like this will help you visualize and certainly be, uh, be a good uh, you know, complement to what you're doing. So, all right, so Derek.more at zegafinancial.com. That's D-E-R-E-K dot M-O-O-R-E at Z as in zebra, E-G-A, financial.com. And if you're driving, just don't like look away and start writing it down. Remember, these are recorded. They're evergreen and they're, they're going to be around. So wait till you get home. And I'll also put it in the show notes, okay? So if you know how to go to uh, show notes, it'll be in there as well. All right, so a lot of people who are, and this, this is an episode too, even if you're older, you may have sons or daughters. This is something you can pass to them. But I wanted to show you the impact of just how easier it is the earlier that you're really going at it and, and, and putting money towards investment accounts. And one of the, the examples I'm going to share with you is I ran some, some numbers. And I, I'm going to assume a 7.5% annualized or compounded annualized growth rate, Okay. Now, of course, as I always say with assumptions, you don't know what you're going to get in the market. Uh, and you know, obviously, from listening to this program, you know, once you have assets and you know, then we start looking at hedging and protection and, and things like that. But you know, 13.3% was the annualized compounded growth rate from 2010 through 2019. 2000 to 2009, it was sort of annualized rate of almost minus one, right? So you never know what you're going to get. But let's go with 
And we're going to say, okay, what if somebody's 25 and by 65, so that's 40 years, they want to have a million dollars. Well, that would require at 7.5% growth rate, uh, about $330 a month, every month. And, you know, kind of compounding it, continue to do it. And you're like, okay, well, $330 a month, that doesn't sound too bad, right? Um, now, it's about $3,960 a year. But here's where it gets interesting. By waiting 10 years, the same challenge, right? You want a million dollars, 7.5% growth rate. Well, then instead of $330, you need roughly $745 a month. And then if you wait another 10 years, so now you're, you're 45, you got 20 years to 65, then it goes up to $1,806. Wow. But what if you're 55 and you got 10 years? You would actually have to put in, again, 7.5% assumed return, annualized growth rate, $5,621 a month. A month. So I, the reason why I chose those numbers, I wanted to just show the difference and the impact that you can make by being intentional on, on putting money away. Now, a few of you are probably saying, you know, I'm not sure if I can do those numbers or, you know, I don't know if I could do more. Here's one of the, the things. A lot of you work at corporations or companies, may have a, a 401k plan. And a 401ks, of course, those are uh, defined contribution plans as opposed to a pension, which is a defined benefit plan. But you know, 401ks, a lot of companies, they will do a match, meaning they match up to a certain couple percent or a certain dollar amount. So you can actually stack your contributions with your company's contributions to get to some of these numbers or to go above and beyond you know, a lot of these numbers. And, we're, we're, and by the way, I don't want to frame this all in, in this one little example, but um, the other thing is contributions to, to 401k is those are with pre-tax dollars. So kind of a uh, little beyond the scope of this program of how that helps you out as well, but um, it, it's, it can be a benefit, right? So the reason I do this is I think, I mean, look, um, I've talked to, uh, you know, on, on manage money, you know, professionally, full-time, right? Work with clients. But then um, I'm also an adjunct professor or instructor, I forget what they call me, of, uh, you know, graduate economics and finance. And I've also done talks at uh, local colleges. And I know going in, especially people who are younger, most are going to say, this sounds really important. That sounds cool, but I'll do it tomorrow. And then they wait and they wait and they wait. So um, whatever I can do to, to get you to, to contribute more and, and to, uh, to start, you know, I'm going to try and do. And I'll have some ideas for that a little bit later. So the other question I get often is, should I do, hey, you know, I've had people show me really, really detailed budgets. Um, that's not for everybody. And so I'm, I'm actually not a fan of really super detailed budgets. And I think part of it is you're going to spend so much effort, so much time trying to keep up and track every little thing and it's going to fall by the wayside. It's not going to work for you. So there's a couple things I would sort of 
recommend here. And the first thing is, if you haven't done this before, you should take a look and say, okay, so let me grab my bank statement from last year. And just a word on, on bank statements and things like that. So I know there's some, some people out there who recommend having like 20 different bank accounts. You know, you have like your Hawaii money, you have your uh, Lamborghini Diablo car money. I'm going to talk about cars in a little bit. I'm, I'm actually a fan of having, keeping it simple and, and keeping one. And the other stuff, you know, about how much you can spend on vacations and all that, you know, that sort of is done a different way. But what I would say is grab your December 31st bank statement from, you know, the year before. So if you were looking at it right now, uh, so you'd have what, 2021 and 2020. So look at your bank statement 2020. Look at your bank statement 2021. What do you have? What do you have? The difference is, you know, you have the difference there, right? And then you look at what your take-home pay was. So don't look at your actual salary. Look at, you know, after taxes and things like that. Because if you get a refund from the IRS, that will be put into your bank account. In other words, look, if you had $10,000 in your account at the end of 20 and you make $100,000 and then you have $10,000 in your account at the end of 21, guess what? You spent $100,000, okay? So that's, that's the way I would look at it. You can also do this monthly a little bit. You could look at last month to this month, you know, and just go month by month and just look at how the balance changes. And for the majority, that's going to work because uh, a lot of us have monthly expenses like a mortgage payment, um, you know, your Netflix subscription. By the way, I, I did an episode called Netflix is not making you broke where, and I'll, I'll touch on that a little bit. It's the idea of it's the big things that matter, not the, not saving a buck, getting a, going from one gym to another. But as far as the uh, the budget, yeah, I think I think that's a better way of doing it. I do recommend, though, if you haven't done this already, uh, once in a while, just taking a look at a credit card statement or a bank statement, and just looking at the charges, and then saying, you know, "Do I really need the uh, the gym membership in a state I no longer live in anymore?" Right? There's probably things that you're paying for. But so you can eliminate those. Um, I think it's an important point, though, and maybe I'll, I'll talk about this now, is going back to the Netflix thing. I know people stress over, you know, going from one gym to another to save a few dollars or should I, maybe I'll cancel Netflix for the month to save that amount of money. I mean, you'd have to have a lot of little things to add up to be that substantial. Where are you going to get the biggest bang for your buck here is with the bigger ticket stuff, rent, mortgage, cars. And, you know, look, um, a lot of people, the the average car payment now, and in, in, uh, I think I, I saw this from the Federal Reserve Bank of, of St. Louis, um, it's like $550 now. You know, I, I don't have it in front of me. By the way, the, the average term loan, the term of the loan has never been higher either. So we're seeing loans, you know, 72 month loans for a depreciating asset, a car. And so, you know, car payments are really high right now. But let me give you a, a little bit of a, a, you know, an angle on this. 
So rather than worrying about saving a dollar going from one gym to another, or you know maybe I don't need that Paramount Plus or that uh, Hulu, whatever it is, look at the big things. If you brought your car payment, let's say your car payment went, in, you know, instead of uh, $550, it was what, th- you know, $300 a month, right? So that's what, that's saving 250 bucks a month. And I'm not going to tell you what, you know, should you buy, what type of car you should get, or, or, you know, obviously you can buy a used one that has other things, you know, then you have repairs. If you have a new car, it's under warranty. Should you lease? It's, I'm not going to get into all that. But just by, let's imagine if you, instead of that $550 a month payment, you could bring your payment down to $300 a month, a different type of car, obviously. What would that mean? What would that mean if you took that $250 a month savings and put that into an investment account? And I'm going to assume the same 7.5% annualized growth rate. And if you, you know, over 20 years, it could be an extra $138,000. Now, could you get more than 7.5%? Of course. Could you get less? Of course you could. So there's no guarantee on that. But I wanted to run those numbers to show you, you know, big things like that. Like if you save $5 a month uh, by getting rid of, uh, what is ESPN Plus now? Is that like six bucks a month? I don't know. I got the... The, the triple bundle there with the Hulu and, and Disney and all that. You know, but if you save $6 a month, just running the same numbers there over 20 years, like it's, it's an extra 3,300 bucks. That's good. But, you know, you save 250 a month and you actually put that towards, uh, you know, and be consistent, put it into an account and you get some type of return, you know, then you can really be talking. Then, then you look at maybe your rent, you look at your mortgage and, you know, when you're thinking about the difference in one house for another, things like that, um, those, are, those are really important aspects. So what I would say is when you do your, instead of doing a, you know, really, really detailed budget, do the method where you're looking at, you know, it's, it's a more honest accounting anyway, where you're looking at what do you actually have? Look at the statements, go through, take a look at your expenses, see if there's stuff you don't use, need anymore. And then I would list, you know, top couple things because I've done this with people and they're like, you know, they're trying to figure out what, what they can cut back on, what, what they can. And it, it all comes back to it's the house, the car, everything else. Right. So that's, that's my recommendation there. I'm, I'm not a fan of really detailed budgets. I know some people pay, you know, an app or a service or something like that. So, uh, but where budgets really, you know, where you have to be a little more particular is if you're getting near retirement, because I found a a lot of uh, new retirees underestimate the amount that their expenses are going to be. And when you're in retirement, you're not working anymore, or maybe you have a you know, a small job or something like that, or a business. But, you know, for those folks, it's, they're taking money out of accounts. They're taking money as, as income. They were drawing money regularly. And so that money has to last. And if they underestimate their expenses and overestimate how much they can take out, 
that's, uh, you know, that could be detrimental. And the other thing too is, especially for people who own a home, um, there's stuff that always comes up. That's why I did an episode a long time ago where I asked, is, is your house an asset or a liability? And I'm not saying you should or shouldn't buy a house. It's just different things to consider. I could give you a house tomorrow and you would still have to pay taxes. You would have to pay the maintenance. And if you own a house and you're trying to figure out expenses, you never know when the air conditioner is going to go, the, the washer dryer, the dishwasher, the roof, all that stuff. So anyway, that's, that's a little, uh, you know, we, we're not going to do an in-depth one of homeownership, but I'll, I'll try and, uh, if I remember, I'll put a link to, to that episode. So then what do you do about all this stuff? Okay, so let's, let's do some actionable steps now. The first thing I would say is if you have not started investing yet, today, do it right today. Go to Schwab, TD, Fidelity, um, Vanguard, one of those four, you know, they're all good. And not only are they good, you know, firms, but they also have tutorials. They have, you can call them, you can get somebody on the phone. You say, hey, look, I'm, I'm trying to open an account. Um, how do I do this? And they'll walk you through it. But go ahead and open an account because you want to break down barriers. And if that's a barrier because you're not sure how to do it, get rid of that. Go ahead and open an account. And then there's no minimums anymore. There's no real trading fees. Uh, you, you can put a, a tiny bit amount of money in there and actually put it into a, you know, a broad index fund that covers the, the S&P 500. And if you ask them, they'll help you out with it. Say, you know, I want to put a little bit of money into this S&P 500 index fund. And then I also want to set up, and you can do a reoccurring withdrawal from your bank account to go into your brokerage account and then automatically buy it each week, each month, those types of things. So I think, and setting that up on autopilot is a good thing. The other thing is take a look at your 401k. Up your, if you're not contributing, start. Uh, especially you want to at least be getting the match if your company offers a match. But go ahead and look at, see if you can up that. Um, you probably won't even realize the difference in the amount of money that you take home. You'd be surprised. So go ahead and, go ahead and do that. If you are investing right now and, you, and you've got assets, uh, you know, that's uh, take a look and see where could you increase that. On the budgeting side or on, on the other side, you know, go ahead and take a look and see, are there any big things where I can make a, a really big impact or the things I don't use anymore? And the other thing is a lot of people say, well, you know, I'd like to put more money into investments, but I can't. Go ahead and look around your house. I'm sure you have things that you no longer want, need, or use. And there's any number of auction sites online. There's all ways to, to sell stuff these days. Go ahead and take a look, see what you find, see stuff that you don't need anymore. Go ahead and get some cash for it. You'll clean out your house and you'll get some cash that you can put towards investments. And by the way, for those that haven't started yet and don't have any money, this is a great way to generate money for your first investment account. All right. Sell a, a skateboard or a CD. Well, you wouldn't have CDs anymore. Anyway, forget that. Some of you on the program will get that. Others won't. And then for those of you with, who've got a good base of assets or substantial assets and are looking you know, to, to really protect while you still look for growth, um, then that's a different conversation. Um, you can reach me, obviously, at the, 
the same email, derek.moore at zegafinancial.com. So, all right. So I think we'll wrap it there. As we always say, remember, send me an email if you want to, uh, want me to send you something when that's out and available. I'd love to get your, your feedback on that. I'll put the, the, the contact in the show notes as well. And, uh, you know, as always, keep the comments and suggestions coming. A lot of these episodes are from listener questions or suggestions. And so certainly we'll, we'll continue to do that. All right, everyone. Uh, oh, by the way, next week, uh, next week we're scheduled to have a, uh, a guest. I actually haven't been on the air with him in, I think, 13 years. So you'll find out who he is. Uh, he's written a number of books. And, uh, you know, anyway, so we're going to have a, a really good conversation, I think. Uh, we used to do a lot more on-air stuff. It was a long time ago, back when it was webcast, not podcast. So, uh, but definitely check that one out as well. All right, have a good week. Take care.